Welcome to the Podcast Connector, a service that connects podcast hosts and aligned guests, like a dating service for podcasts. Each week, we'll bring you behind-the-scenes stories and tips about the podcasting world, while also introducing you to some amazing people in health, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and personal development. If you'd like to get booked on podcasts or get connected with aligned guests, head to thepodcastconnector.com. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram at thepodcastconnector. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the Podcast Connector podcast. I am so excited because in this episode, I am chatting with the new owner of the Podcast Connector, Jennifer Longmore. If you are on our email list or you follow us on social media, you probably already saw this exciting announcement. At the Podcast Connector, it really is all about building relationships. And that is why I started this company a few years ago was because I had been in the podcasting space for years from many different angles. And I just felt like, and I I still feel like it's the best way to really spread your message in today's world. It's a really authentic space. It's a great place to find people that you wouldn't otherwise connect with. And that has been one of my favorite parts of being a podcast host is finding really incredible people with powerful messages and inviting them on my show and helping other people in my audience find them as well. And so when I started this company, I really wanted to build something that would help as many people as possible get their message heard because there are so many incredible people out there who have something important to say and on the other side of it, people who are ready to hear that message. And I think it really is an important time to create more space for authentic voices to be heard. And podcasting is all about building relationships. And so at the Podcast Connector, we are always looking for new and bigger ways to strengthen our podcast network, to develop deeper relationships with people in the community, with hosts, with potential guests, and really just how to support our guests and clients in the best way so that they can get the most out of their podcast opportunities. And so I've always felt just so passionate about this mission and the why, as has the entire team. And at the same time, me as owner of the company, my life is shifting, changing, growing, my business is shifting and changing, and I've had a lot of really exciting things come in. And I started focusing more on those different creative projects and just knowing the potential for the Podcast Connector to support so many more people and expand that energetic capacity and, and the reach and and who it can really help. I knew it was going to be best for the company was if somebody could take ownership of it, who would hold that bigger vision and really give it all of the love, care, and attention to expand it out even further than, than I could envision it. And the universe aligned. I really felt like everything <laughs> unfolded exactly as it was meant to. Jennifer expressed interest and it was the right fit. And so she is the official new owner of the Podcast Connector. If you're not already familiar with Jennifer, oh my gosh, I have so many incredible things to say about her. I've known her for a few years now and worked with her in so many different capacities. She actually has a background as a forensic investigator and has since moved on to creating the number one spiritual development training school in the world. 
She is the CEO of Soul Journeys, 10 times best-selling author and host of her own two podcasts, the Soul Journeys podcast, offering guidance for navigating the Great Awakening, as well as the Seven Figure Club podcast. For over 17 years, she has been supporting people in a number of capacities, training them in the Akashic Records. She is a soul purpose and money mindset expert. She has mentored countless entrepreneurs in building six, seven, eight-figure businesses. And she's worked with actors, professional athletes, CEOs of leading companies, and other influential thought leaders. She's been featured in a lot of major media, everything from Fox News Radio to iHeartMedia, Elite Daily. We talk about that uh, in this episode. And, and that's one of the reasons why she's such a great fit because she has lots of expertise in the podcasting space, as well as many other PR opportunities. She's done television and radio and has just built an incredible multifaceted empire. Definitely check out all of her offerings in her primary company, Soul Journeys. Souljourneys.ca is the website. So check out all of the incredible resources she has there. There's a lot to dive into, but Jennifer just has so much expertise in entrepreneurship and everything that comes with it, leadership, brand awareness, media, and embodiment, authenticity. And we talk a lot about that in this episode, being in that energy of leadership and how to really authentically spread your message. So a little bit longer of an intro today, but I just wanted to share some of that backstory through this transition. And this will be the last podcast episode on this podcast that you'll hear my voice on and we talk about this in the episode but I'm just so grateful for everybody who's been on the podcast connector team Sarah and Kaylee and Emily it's just been so amazing to, to work with such incredible people and we have absolutely loved developing such incredible relationships with so many of you and we're just all really excited for what we're calling the Podcast Connector 2.0 and all of the expansion and growth and deeper ways of, of serving the community that will come forward from here. And so I just want to also say thank you to you for being here, for listening. If you've been listening in on past episodes or if you are new here, we're all so grateful for you and super grateful for all of the support and excitement in the transition and in the expansion. So again, a little bit longer of an introduction, but I wanted to give the new owner a proper introduction. I can't say enough incredible things about Jennifer. She has supported me so much personally in the last few years, and I'm just really excited for this new chapter for everybody. So in this episode, you will get to know Jennifer a bit more. We talk a lot about entrepreneurship, spreading your message, the new age of leadership, and so much more. So without further ado, here is the incredible Jennifer Longmore. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Podcast Connector podcast. I am so excited to be here today with the new owner, Jennifer Longmore. Yeah, we're doing a little dance. You guys can't see. Uh, but welcome to the show, to to your your company's show. <laughs> Thank you. I'm looking at your headset, thinking, oh, I gotta up my podcast game. I am so, <laughs> you know this about me. I'm so tech illiterate, and I'm so glad to have so many team members that, because I tell them like, you have to talk to me like I'm in kindergarten. Literally, say step one, turn the computer on. Step yeah. two, 
<laughs> and I've done a gazillion podcasts and I've hosted a gazillion podcasts. Uh, and it seems to work having the, these nice little Apple headsets, but I do know the sound quality is much better with your fancy dancy uh, headset. What is that anyways? What is that it's, called? It's a Zoom. I can, I can, it's a Zoom H6. I can send it to you. It's funny. It's actually my my travel set that I, I just like the sound quality so much more that I got rid of my regular setup and now I just use my travel set, but I can send you the links if, if you want it. Cool. Uh, yeah. I have one of those big microphones, but every time I try to sync it up and yeah, it just would, it wasn't working for me. I'm, but I'm the type of person too, where I put a watch on and it breaks and I, you know, I just am not someone, my body and technology don't really live in harmony together. Makes so. sense to me. <laughs> Man, there's, there's so much we can dive into. I mean, I, I want to actually, let's talk about podcasting while we're talking about headsets, because you've hosted multiple shows and you've done so, I mean, over the years with, with the different legs of your business, you've done so many different types of media, right. And sharing your message in all different types of ways. And I'm curious from your perspective, what do you feel like is different about podcasting in particular. Mm, yeah, I'm having, I'm getting a little emotional thinking about this because I was, I was thinking about like, why did I choose to buy this company? Because I love, I already loved it. And I was already a customer, as you know. And so it was not in my, like, I didn't have it as part of my business plan this year. I realized I, it's like a full circle moment for me, right? Because when I was starting my business almost 20 years ago, social media didn't even exist. So of course, podcasting didn't exist. But what did exist is a lot of stages. So I made a point, I don't know how I knew this, but I knew that if I could build no like, and trust really quickly, if I could be positioned as an expert, build no like, and trust quickly and create assets, right? Meaning like now our podcast is, you know, it lives on forever. So someone can find it in five years and be like, Oh, Christina's great. I want to find out more about Christina. Right. So these things are all on an energetic level, compounding for us and, and doing things. But back in the day, I used to just broker my own speaking gigs and I, that's how I filled my, my healing business so quickly. But of course you knock on some doors and they, some people were rude about it, which is fine. And some people were very kind and, and as much to say, you know, get some more experience under your belt and, you know, get a New York times bestselling book. Like they'd say it really nicely, but it was their way of saying you, you don't have enough street cred to be put on our stages, which is totally fine. But I remember how interesting it was to, to pitch myself and learning a lot about pitching and, and why do I say yes to guests and why do I say no to guests and why do guests say yes to me? And why do they say no to me? Right. And I realized that it's kind of, you know, I'm at a legacy phase in my business. Well, my, my primary business, I should say, or my, my initial business. And so this is kind of a give back thing, right? Like I want to now give people an opportunity to be on platforms that are, it create an exponential effect, right? I like to go on a podcast and know that it's doing multiple things. I'm building a relation. Maybe I'm going to become friends with the host. Maybe we're going to do some sort of strategic partnership together. Maybe I'm going to attract a client. Maybe I'm going to attract another opportunity. You never know. I never go in with an expectation, but I know that there's always an end better that comes from that. And uh, so to be able to support thought leaders, especially with everything going on in the world right now, to be able to broadcast their message on platforms that have an impact, I think is, is really powerful. 100%. I mean, that's why I started it to be, to begin with. I, I think I was working with you at the time when I started it or, or if we had just started working together, but it was a download around 
helping other people who otherwise wouldn't really necessarily get their voice heard, you know, get in, in front of people who needed to hear their message. And when you have a big network, you know, it's like, how can I use this to serve everybody? But then, you know, I have that thing in my human design chart that I'm good at starting things and not finishing them. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's literally in there. It's like, you're great at launching businesses, but probably not, not seeing them all the way through, which, you know, we've talked about, I definitely am better at that with the idea. So it really is, I mean, it feels kind of full circle for me too, because I still feel like I'm, I'm doing that. It's just, you know, transferred over, over to you and gets to grow a lot in, in a much bigger way. But what I've always loved about podcasting is I feel like it evens the playing field, right? Because there are a lot of people who are these hidden gems. And that's what I loved about hosting a show is I could find somebody who I felt like is a hidden gem. And I thought this person has it. Their message is so important. More people need to hear what they have to say. It's different. It's unique. It's helpful. And so having them on my show just made me really happy to spread awareness, right? Versus something like speaking on a stage, people are going to have that response, right? Where's your New York Times bestselling book? Uh, you need more street cred. And that's what I love about podcasting is I feel like it has really evened the playing field and it takes out all of the superficial, you know, the branding, like the way it looks a lot of times, which I think all, you know, you can, you can be great at branding. It doesn't mean your message is good, honestly. So uh, it's just cool. Have it all. Yeah. And isn't it like, I don't know with podcasting for me, I think it's, there's a, there's a variety of podcasts that I listen to. And I, I think there's something really cool. And I don't know if any of us really say this out loud. So I'm going to put words to everyone's mouth. But I think it's really cool to, uh, to be able to feel like you're listening in on a conversation in a coffee shop. Because we've all been there where we're at a restaurant or a coffee shop or something, and we'll hear a bit of a conversation. We're like, ooh, that's a juicy conversation. And we want to hear how it ends sometimes, right? Not even from a place of nosiness, just like, oh, that's, I'm curious or, you know, what happened. But yeah, it's, um, I look back, I I think my first radio show was, uh, I don't know, 16 or 17 years ago, which is so crazy for me to say out loud. Side note, uh, one of my clients who's been with me for yeah, probably about 18 years, posted pictures of her three teenage boys on her social media yesterday. And I was like, oh my God, you were my client before you even got pregnant with your first child, right? Like this is for me to throw out these numbers because I, I don't know about you, but I always feel like, oh, about five years has passed. Like, I don't really feel like I've been in business as long as I have. Anyways, I did that, uh, did a radio show uh, many, many years ago. And oh my goodness, for any of you that have hosted a show, you get it, right? Your first few shows, you're just like, oh my God, is anyone listening? And do I sound like, is the sound even on? What if, you know, like, is this adding value? Oh. And then you kind of just hit a, hit a stride. And then all of a sudden you're in that, you know, conscious competence sort of phase of, of all of that confidence stuff that we go through. And then I let that go. And then of course I said, I wasn't going to do another show for a bit. And then of course I got approached again. And then I did another show on a different, different thing. And then for a long time, I just actually preferred to be a guest. It's not that I didn't like to host. Right. But as you know, there's a different, it's just different. It's, it's a different hat. It's a different level of energy and sort of attention and so on that goes to it. And, um, and then I wasn't expecting to do another podcast. And then I, I, I feel like it might have been 2018. I can't really remember. 
Uh, but I started getting a nudge to do uh, another podcast and I really dragged my heels on that. Uh, but then I launched the seven figure club podcast, right? Cause I wanted to help people break through the myths of what it takes to have a seven figure company or more. And um, then I created the great awakening podcast in 2020 because there was a lot of stuff going on in the world. And I said, I'm going to need to, this is my passion, right? The seven figure club is more like, you know, it's a businessy podcast and the great awakening is really about, you know, um, contributing to awakening. Let's put it that way. You know, my show, cause it's pretty hardcore. I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty blunt on that show. Yeah. But, um, and even, and the other thing too, about podcasting is you can really finish a thought. I have done a ton of radio, like Fox news loves to bring me on cause they love to punk me because they know that I'm, you know, they, they like to get political with me and just kind of poke the bear. Right. And I can handle it. But when you're on like radio, radio, terrestrial radio, you've got maybe if you're lucky, it's a seven minute interview. So you really have to speak in sound bites. So you're, you're barely able to communicate your thoughts, your wisdom, give backstory, give context. Whereas a podcast, you know, you can spend way more time chatting about stuff that you know, gets the conversation going, I think with people a little differently. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I have a really hard time with short form content in general. Cause I just feel like I, I can't, I can't smush it in 90 seconds on a reel. I can't even an Instagram post. It, I'm all about the long form. I think that's why both of us like, mm-hmm. like YouTube and podcasting, you know, and for me, it's that long form that has allowed me to develop the relationships that have built a really solid business. I always tell people with podcasting, like you don't need a huge show, uh, but it's just Mm -hmm. loyalty, right? Which is why being a guest is a game changer because you are essentially borrowing somebody else's audience that really trusts them. If somebody's going to show up for an an hour a week or even more and listen to somebody consistently, they're in, right? They trust you. There's so much loyalty there. And then if you get to be a guest on, you know, on that person's show, you're borrowing that audience loyalty. The conversions are incredible. Um, and so I'm curious for you, since, you know, those two different podcasts, how did that affect your business? Or did you notice a difference between ROI there, just how energy shifted Mm -hmm. compared to when you were doing more radio or TV? Did you notice, um, anything shifted with community or business? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was in the green room with a really big, like global hotel, hotel chain for a really big station in Chicago a few years ago. I share that as context because they were loving on me. They thought I was the greatest thing since sliced bread in the green room. I went on before them. I came back into the green room. I don't remember what segment it was, but it was like a really big TV show. So I came back and they're like, oh my God, we would love you to be the um, resident life coach for all of our hotels around the world. And we'll fly you everywhere. And I'm in, in my head, which of course I didn't say to them out loud. I'm like, uh, I have my own business. Thank you very much. Like I, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of beyond the point of wanting to do life coaching, but I, I appreciated it. And I was willing to chat with them about, well, what can we create? And I was going to propose different things to them. And the interesting thing, um, as a side note, at the end of TV shows and even the terrestrial radio, they would say, and if you'd like to learn more about Jennifer, go to souljourneys.ca. And they would say it as a question because it sounded so woo. And um, so it was, it was tricky because they were presenting me with these very like businessy or corporate talks because the strategy was let's build up a bunch of really good media assets and then we'll get you on any shows you want to get on. And um, so anyways, they went and uh, went on LinkedIn and at the time my LinkedIn was 
was not all that great and still not all that great now, but it was definitely way more woo. And uh, I magically didn't hear from them again. So that was interesting, but also good, right? Because that's where I really learned, like, I, I really have to just be me. I can't be doing all these things. So point being with TV, I think there's an opportunity to, uh, well, you get street cred. There's, it, it's going to open doors for other invitations. And you might get some clients from that because they'll think, oh, well, they must be a big deal. But if anything, it probably turns people away because they think, oh, she's too busy for me. She probably charges more than I can even remotely, you know, whatever assumptions people make. With radio, I, I think you can probably, I think they've even done the stats, like you're maybe getting a 4% conversion rate off of radio. Podcasting, you get way more. I get clients all the time from my own personal podcasts. In fact, because um, they they're just they're tuning into the frequency, right? The harmonics, I guess you could say, of, of my voice and deciding whether it's grating for them or whether it's <laughs> relaxing for them <laughs> and stepping in, uh, and whether I sound like I, I think that's what it is with your own show. You have a way of leading in such a way that people can hear whether you really know your stuff or not. You know, there, recently I talked to a crypto expert and I was exploring how can I bring them in to my community to teach about crypto. I know the crypto markets, you know, it is what it is right now. But anyways, I said, oh, okay. And then they were interested in one of my programs. I said, oh, well, I haven't done this before, but hey, since you're, you're such a crypto expert and you have lots of crypto, I'm happy for you to pay me in crypto. And I think it was like $8,000, right? which isn't a lot if you're a crypto expert and you're creating courses around it and you're building out all kinds of profiles around it. And they said, oh, I don't quite have that much money in my crypto account. And I thought, hmm, yeah, everyone, you can't see Christina's eyebrows right now, but she just made a face. <laughs> Her and I are big sticklers on don't say you're making a certain amount of money if you're not. She said, well, I've only got about 2000 in there right now. And I thought, oh, for the love of all things holy, like I, I can't have you on my show talking about this kind of stuff when you're presenting yourself mm -hmm. as a master in crypto and you only have 2000 in your own crypto account like that. I, I, I can't even put words to that, right? That, that kind of drives me nuts. Anyways, um, when I'm a guest on other people's shows, I think there's a lot of things that happen. Uh, you can definitely get people. I mean, certainly you're going to get a lot of people stepping in because like you said, someone else, like I'm, you know, when I'm on your show, for example, I'm borrowing your normal, I can trust because your audience is saying, well, Hey, if Christina trusts Jennifer, then I can trust Jennifer or they're at least 50% there. Right. And then it's up to me to kind of showcase whether I know what I'm talking about or not. I think you get a lot. I mean, you can get definitely a lot of people opting into whatever free gift you have to continue building a relationship with them. I think, um, I don't know that audiences, and I'd love your opinion on this, Christina. I don't know that audiences appreciate people really shopping around their offers and being, you know, like sometimes guests will pitch me stuff. And I'm like, okay, like I get it. We all want to be attracting clients when we're doing podcasts on some level, right? Or letting people know what we have. But then there's that point where it almost becomes like an OG teleseminar sort of vibe, where it's like a run to the back of the room sort of vibe. And people don't listen to podcasts to be pitched for 75% of that. I think it's okay to seed your offers. I think it's okay to have a free gift. I think it's okay to mention something. But even at that, why are you doing a podcast tour for something that's time sensitive, like a challenge that you're running in two weeks? Because if the podcast doesn't get uploaded for six months and someone's going to listen to it and miss out anyways and potentially be 
disappointed. But anyways, I think it's good for list building. I think it's good for building relationships with the host. Uh, I think you can attract a lot of other opportunities. And then, yeah, of course, you can attract, um, provided that you know how to speak and you know, have it be conversational and, and showcase your wisdom and speak from a place of embodied wisdom. I think that's really what it is, right? People aren't looking for all the answers. They're just looking to see if they resonate with you enough to come into your world and then continue a relationship. Yeah, totally. And I, I will also say, I think there's so much value depending on where people are at when they're listening to this. There's so much value in having a collection of podcasts to refer people to when you are pitching yourself for other opportunities. So even if you haven't spoken before and you are applying, you know, to speak at some big conference, if you have a bunch of amazing podcast interviews and you can say, here, I've been on all these shows and they can listen and get that example and hear you speak, they're so much more likely to, to say yes, just having all of those examples, you know, where I think about on my website, I have all of the shows I've ever been on, which is a lot, um, but it's endless, uh, just evidence. Hey, I, I know my shit and I know how to speak. I can have a conversation, which is what a lot of people are looking for because there's so much noise now. And I wanted to talk about this with you because I, I feel that you are just so great at sharing your message so authentically. And like, it's just obvious, you know, your shit from the second I, I met you and you're not pushy, uh, at all, you know, you just like speak your truth and, and on there's that side of being a guest, but then also being a host and seeing pitches come in, there's just a lot of noise and a lot of people getting on shows or trying to where, sorry, but you're not necessarily mm -hmm. adding value no. right? or like, and so I want to hear <laughs> about, you know, how do we, how do we lead with value, show up authentically and like be somebody that somebody wants to have on their podcast. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, we'll just leave it there. No, <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying. I, uh, I think it's our, so I, cause I wear two hats as you do as well. Right. Like I'm a guest and I'm a host. So uh, when I'm a host, it's my job to make sure that I'm bringing people, this is how I view my role, I should say. So I view it as my role to introduce my audience to someone that's going to add value to their life. And so as soon as, and you know, some of these bigger people, let's just put it that way, will pitch, they get pitched by someone, right? I get pitches all the time. I think this person would be great on your show and they have this thing they'd like to promote okay, um, do I clap? Like, wh what's the response you want from me? So what, but what value are you going to, well, we want to sell our book. I, I don't care that you, like, I've got 10 books. Like, <laughs> I don't need, <laughs> what? <laughs> How are you going to add value to my audience, right? They don't need to be pitched at. They're intelligent people. They're very intuitive. They are very discerning. And, um, and they want someone to, you know, make them think. We all love that. I love that, right? When I listen to a podcast, I'm like, oh my God, that was a total wisdom drop. I did not see that coming. That really got my noodle working. That's a great, I'm going to be in that question all day. I'm so glad I listened to this thing. So I look at it as if people are giving us their time when they're listening to our show, right? They could be doing anything with their time and attention, by the way, and their, and their energy and their consciousness. So am I a contribution to that? And am I bringing people on the show that are a contribution to that? So anyone that comes on my Great Awakening podcast, I handpick. I know them. I have a sense of what they're going to say. I know that they fit the show. I don't take outside pitches for that. 
unless I really, if someone did pitch me outside and I tune in and I'm like, oh, this is going to be an amazing guest, that's fine. But otherwise, no. Um, so it's people's time, it's their energy, it's their, their attention and consciousness. How are we being respectful of that? Because we can be in the mindset of, oh, it's free. Why are people complaining? It's free content. Well, it's not free though. There's, there's a resource being spent in order to absorb it. So how are we adding value to people's lives? It's also my role to help a guest look good and ask them questions that really bring out their brilliance and their zone of genius. And I will lead them to the offer, right? I do think it's easier as a host to introduce someone's offer than it is for the guest. It just sounds less pitchy. I think it lands a little bit better with people. So to that end, when I have a guest on, like they need to be, they need to be somewhat experienced because I can't work hard to help you show up confidently. Like there's nothing more off-putting than when the audience has to um, give you a ton of energy in order for you to have energy to that. Do you know what I'm saying? If we've ever, if you've ever been at an in-person conference and someone's reading off their notes, the audience ends up pouring into that member and they can't receive because they're now giving to the person that's supposed to be giving to them. So it's actually, um, it's actually inverted, right? The way that we're supposed to receive. So if I have to work hard to help someone show up with confidence or, you know, just um, show up in it with a certain level of professional acumen and, and leadership acumen and stuff, I can't do that much heavy lifting. <laughs> So, uh, so it's that, that from that end, and then as a host or as a guest, that's how I pitch. It's like, Hey, um, I might, you know, say to you, Hey, Christina, I love your show. So here's how it works. It's an Oreo cookie, Christina. I love your show. I particularly love that you do this, this, and this, or I really loved your episode on this. And here's why I really have to show that I haven't just listened to a 10 second soundbite and I'm talking fluff. Right. And, um, it's, it seems like your audience is, you know, really loves these kind of conversations. I really love to chat about this. And I'm wondering if you, if I could come on and add value to your audience, I'd really love to add value important to them on this particular topic. Do you think that would be a value to them? If so, let's chat or here's my link, or I've just taken the liberty of, um, you know, you know, sending you these few clips of other products, like whatever I'm going to say, right? And then thank you, you know, for the work you do in the world. And, you know, it's clear you touch a lot of lives, like whatever I'm going to say, right? But Oreo cookie it. That tells me that someone's done it. When someone is pitching me from a place of what can I get from being on your show? Like that's an automatic no. And I know you feel the same way. What's the, okay, let me ask you this. What's, if, if you can remember, because I'm sure you've had a few. What has been the, the most off, uh, the oddest, most off-putting pitch that you've ever gotten? Oh, pitch. Oh my gosh. I thought you were going to ask podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pitch. Mm. There's not a specific pitch that's standing out because it's a lot of the same, like board. No, what, what you're describing of it's just me, me, me. Hey, this is like, I'm so-and-so. Um, I do this. It's non-specific, nothing different. Right. And this is what I've done in my life. I would love to come on your show and talk about myself. Essentially. It's like a lot of different versions about that. And I'm like, there's nothing here that's different. There's nothing here that's new. How are you adding value to my audience? Right. It's just about you. And I think I have just a lot of those, but to be honest, 
honestly, the first thing that came up was, um, somebody had pitched someone to my show. It was like some other pitching service a couple of years ago. And I hadn't replied yet. Uh, I mean, I don't reply super quick. And a lot of times I just don't reply, you know? So, and it was, I think it literally one day later. And the person that had done the pitching sends a reply, like, like re-forwards the email to me to get it to the top of my inbox. It had been one day. All right. And it is a meme of someone tapping their fingers on their desk saying, I'm still <gasps> waiting. Where are you? Oh, and, oh my God. Right. Oh, right. And sorry. I, I know, I know. And I'm, and I later reached out to the person that was getting pitched because I'm like, this person has no idea. This person is representing them like that. The second this woman did that, I was like, oh my God, hardcore. No, you know, and I feel kind of bad for the person getting pitched because they're unaware that somebody's behaving like that. Um, because that's just, uh, like, no, 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 no. And even if I had not responded and had been a couple of weeks, you never send somebody an email like that. It was so rude. And so I told him later, I reached out to him. I said, I just, I would want to know if I was hiring a service, uh, if that's how they were behaving, because that was such a turnoff for me. And I think the average person would associate you with that right at this point, it's just not a good look. And so, yeah, that was, that's, that's just popped in my head. Cause that was a moment that stood out to me, uh, so intensely. And he was so grateful that I ended up telling him that, and I'm sure he switched, but that was a, that was not a good one. Do you have, do you have one that stands out? Uh, well, I just got one. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was yesterday and it was for my seven figure club podcast and they did the Oreo cookie with me, but they did it all wrong mm-hmm. because they're like, Oh, I have this and it, it led with like this bro marketing sort of vibe. And for all of you listening, just so you know, I'm very allergic to bro marketing. I built my, co- I have a few companies and I built them from a place of, I, I'm all for masculine energy, right? I'm actually out for balance of feminine and masculine, uh, but I don't hustle. I don't crush it. I don't slay it. Oh my God. I, I, I can't even imagine. So when you're, when you claim you've researched me and you're leading with that kind of stuff, you have not researched me. So now you're just, your nose is getting really big on your face, Pinocchio. So we're going to have to address the big nose in the room kind of thing. Right. Anyways. Um, I really loved your episode about, you know, such and such. Well, I haven't record, I think it's been since 2021 since I recorded it. So you know, you didn't do your research, but it, it had just a very bro marketing feel. I, I mean, I've gotten a lot of, sorry, Hay House, but I've gotten a lot of, uh, pitch, I'm not saying it's Hay House that does it, but a lot of Hay House authors. And they think that the just, just pitching, I'm a Hay House author, or I'm, you know, like they're pitching, like this person's a Hay House author, that that's going to be enough for us to go, oh my God. Well, the sad reality is, and I see this with summit promotions, I see this with all kinds of promotional things, um, gift giveaways, all kinds of stuff, the, the people that are least likely to do reciprocal mailings and all that kind of stuff are people that are with some significant size publishing houses. So dropping names with me is not impressing me. And um, like you, I like to find the hidden gems that are just so amazing. And maybe they are 
you know, they have a, a, not that it needs to be about the money, but like maybe they've built this eight figure company or nine figure company and, and you don't even know who they are because they're so hidden behind their brand because they really lead with their brand, for example, right? So for me, it's all about like either way, I, I think it's, it's about if I'm, if I'm having someone pitch, I have, you know, for everyone listening, you won't know this, but I've hired pitching companies over the years. It's just something you do when you get to a certain level of business, you just know that you could spend your time doing that kind of stuff. But for my, my filter, if I'm not going to spend $500 to pay someone to do it, then that's my cue to delegate it. So needless to say, I delegate almost everything in my company, including booking me on podcasts. And I, I want to hire people that already know what they're doing. I don't want to pay. I could hire VAs to do it and train them, but I'd rather have someone that already knows. Because as you know, Christina, there's a certain, once, once shows get to a certain level, you really are going through a gatekeeper. And most people don't know how to go through a gatekeeper. And those are the shows you want to be on. So are you going to spend countless hours pitching those folks, not clearly not knowing how to crack that code. Cause if you did, they'd be saying yes. And I'm not saying this to anyone specific because the same is true for me. Some people are just really good at building um, like the podcast connector is very good at building or like kind of breaking through the gatekeepers and building relationships with them so that we have ongoing stuff. Right. And, um, but I mean, for me, why, why would I spend, you know, four hours a week researching shows and then pitching myself to them when I can just outsource that. I outsource my social media. I outsource all of my administration, all of my bookkeeping, all of my hiring, actually, my, my COO does all, like, I just get to show up in my zone of genius. It's actually allowed me to expand quite a bit. But people at a certain level of business and a certain level of thought leadership already understand the value of that. They don't need convincing of that. They just already know how to show up, right? So I don't know where I was going with that. I feel like I just had a brain fart, but <laughs> no, well, what I'll say is, I mean, that is why I had started the company from the beginning because I like, cause I've been podcasting over seven years now, <laughs> I maybe is my at eight, right. It's been a long time and I had developed so many relationships and a lot of people were coming to me like, Hey, can you get me on the show? Uh, and, and because I had these personal relationships with, with po different podcast guests and shows I had been on, I was just sending, I was getting them in because any big show, like if you send me a pitch, I probably won't read it at all. But if, if Jennifer, you know, sends me a message and says, Hey, you know, there's this person super cool. I think you'd really like, you know, get along, like in case you're interested in having them on your show, I'm going to listen. And I'll probably have that person on my show because I trust her referral. And I think you know, I know the podcast space so intimately because I've been in it from so many different angles and for a while. And I realized with podcasting, honestly, it's who, you know, it's who, you know, and, um, and then a lot of my friends were sending people, their friends, my way of like, Oh, Christina knows so-and-so. So that's how you can contact them. Right. And, and that's the thing. And that's why we built this business. Cause we have those, those connections. And otherwise like most podcast hosts, if they're a big show, they're not, they're not reading pitches. They're just not, you have to know somebody. And I'm sure you've seen that with all different areas of business. Um, you know, a lot of it really is who, you know, and you think about, you know, different people, you know, put up their nose to different masterminds and things. And I'm like, yeah, it is so worth it to pay for the expertise, to pay to be in the room for all of those connections. I mean, that's just kind of how it works. And, uh, you know, you've taught me a lot about being in CEO energy and where's my time best spent. And it's always through networking. 
My thing is that like, just speaking about growing businesses, I guess, cause I'm just gonna take this in a totally different direction. Anytime I grow a business, I always, uh, my goal is always to activate things very and create momentum and allow the energetics of the momentum to carry the business forward, right? And um, so I do think relationships are the quickest way to do that. And we know that relationship capital, not that we view people as transactions, of course, but relationship capital, if we're going to use businessy language, is... Um, you know, it, it's a timeless business practice. There's all kinds of ways to grow a company for sure. But, um, and then I also believe just having created different businesses and coached different ones that each model kind of needs its own thing. But this type of a business grows really well when it's about relationship. Cause it is a, even for a, a customer coming in for the first time, they're extending a certain level of trust to us, for example, right, to make sure that we, if we say, so that's why we're going to guarantee podcast bookings, because that means that I learned that actually from a PR company I worked with years ago, because there's a lot of PR companies out there. We're not a PR company, but I'm saying for PR companies, and if you're listening and you're a PR company, I know you're probably already doing this, <laughs> but um, there's a lot of them that will be like, oh yeah, you can pay me 5000 A lot of them will be like $3,000, $5,000 a month. Okay, how many TV shows am I going to get? Well, I don't know. Well, how do you not know that? Well, I don't know. I'll pitch you. Well, how many pitches are you going to make? Oh, I'll probably make one or two a month. Okay, so you're going to pitch me one or like because you're not you're not going to land a tv show after one or two pitches it's just not it's going to take you know probably 10 to 20 pitches so i hired a company that uh and i liked their philosophy which is that they only take on clients that they can guarantee bookings for which means that the onus is on them a they've built relationships with all these pr outlets meaning like tv shows radio shows etc they those radio shows and tv shows are depending on that company to only bring them the freedom of crop Otherwise they get a bad reputation. And if they were, to, let's say, you know, you're working with the Today Show and you're a PR agent and then you're pitching a whole bunch of duds, the PR show or the T Today Show is no longer gonna listen to let's say my pitches because I've shown them that I keep bringing them duds claiming that they're not duds. And I say this playfully, of course, right? So if, if at the Podcast Connector, we're respecting the contacts we've already made, with all the shows that have been gracious to receive our guests, I'm gonna, they're not actually our customers, but we are gonna take good care of them because we like them as people and we want to nurture those relationships. But it also, it's gonna be really hard for us to book our paying customers on shows if we keep burning bridges with hosts because we don't honor promises or we bait and switch or do any of that kind of stuff. The point being is that why I like this company to work with was that I felt good about handing them my money because they were only taking me on as a client because they were 100% confident that they could guarantee me X amount of spots. So they had to show up and do a little bit of the heavy lifting too. They had to make sure that my bio was optimized, that they got creative and found the right angle and various things like that. So everyone feels good about those type of arrangements, right? The, receive, the person on the receiving end of that pitch feels good is they know that this company is trusted. The PR agent feels good that they're not spending hundreds of hours uh, over a six month period to not land a single gig. For a lot of reasons, they don't like that feeling. And then of course, I feel good because I'm getting my objective met, which is to get placed on X amount of places for whatever. 
So, uh, so I'm excited to see how that goes. And naturally we'll build out things for people that haven't been on shows before, right? We're going to run some fun um, little experiments this year, like free little fun experiments to, um, to get people loved up and, and give them resources that they need. But in all honesty, I think for the most part, people will realize that there's a huge value in that, right? Like, just like you're not going to be, um, t- you know, creating, spending countless hours tagging people in the back end of like Kartra or Infusionsoft or whatever to be able to target target people. And you're not going to be personally emailing every single contact on your Facebook page yourself. And like, there's just certain things you're not going to do as a, as a savvy CEO. Um, but anyways, I'm excited because on an, on a meta level, I get to kind of be a part of giving back giving people an opportunity to be on stages that aren't always the easiest to get on, meaning this, the podcast being a platform. And I, it's so weird for me as I'm thinking about this right now, like how much I've been involved with communications in some capacity, PR, radio, all the things that I'm just kind of like, oh, I guess this is sort of inevitable that I would be here, but I, it was never <laughs> part of the plan, right? There's actually, actually, I should say anything I've ever done in any of my companies that made no sense or just were not obvious to me are the things that end up being mm-hmm. the most expansive. 100%. Well, I feel like, I mean, it makes total sense to me with yeah. everything you've done and, and all of your expertise. Um, and just, you know, for me and cause you know how important it was for me. And like sending this to somebody who I knew could really make it what it, what it can be and really serve people. Cause all of us, this, this whole process, right. It's been like, what's best for the clients. Like, how are we really going to show up and, and serve? And I think underneath it all is, and I, I want to like wrap up with this conversation. I'm curious what comes through for you. Cause I just keep hearing this of like new age mm-hmm. of leadership right? Like new age of leadership and what that really means. And that's what makes you pitchable, honestly, right? Like, are you a leader that stands out in a conversation? Are you in that leadership energy? That's not something you can fake. And you certainly can't fake it on a long form show, you know? And that's also the same energy that has allowed you to build so many different, like successful companies. Uh, it's, it's all the energetics. And I would love to hear from you. Like what, what does that mean for you of like the new age of leadership like where do you see things going in terms of leadership I I love that you bring that up I focus a lot on leadership I I don't promote that because let's be honest people aren't looking for leadership but they need it that the the difference between a a seven or a six-figure company and a seven-figure company and an eight-figure company is just continual upgrades in leadership and I can say this as someone that of course has gone through those various tiers uh, I am a big, and you know this about me, like in my, in my sort of initial company that I started, uh, I don't offer anything that I don't have mastery. And I'm not saying I'm the ultimate master. Of course, I still have growth, but I teach about money. Cause I know a lot about money. I teach about business. Cause I know a lot about business. I teach about Akashic records. Cause I know a lot about it. I stay in my lane and it can, it becomes so obvious so quickly, whether someone's just read a book over the weekend and now they're teaching about it versus like you can speak with your eyes closed, right? And given the level of deception and just chaos and various things, people's BS detector is heightened. They're just not available. They're just not available for um, people that are not speaking authentically. And I do believe that we're all coded for this time. I believe that uh, whatever we're coded for is going to come through and that 
the more pot, like part of the why I wanted to do way more podcasts last year as a guest, I mean, was because I've been so guided to, to go and basically give transmissions. Essentially, when we speak, there's a certain transmission, like right now, you and I are creating this energetic vortex, so to speak, right. And, um, and there's something very, there's something that can be very activating about that for people. So even if it's not so much the words, but it's the activation, why wouldn't we go and do that? For me, I want to reach as many people as possible. And, uh, and so I think that's a huge part of it. But with the, one of the things that stood out to me at the beginning of 2020 was the lack of leadership, right? So in a time of chaos, all these people that were positioning themselves as leaders, they were creating these cliquey sort of entrepreneurial groups and spaces. And look at me, I'm a leader and everyone flocked to me, I'm leading 2020 hit and they were nowhere to be found. I mean, nowhere. I was looking for them going, where are you? You, you were happily taking people's money, telling everyone you're a leader, where were you? And then there were people like you and I that were doing Facebook lives every day. I was creating all kinds of impromptu things for my community and guiding people about, you know, how to really think about this. And like, let's not already decide you're in a recession in March, 2020, like here's how a recession actually works and like just various things. Right. So what it's not to knock them. It's just to say that it's very different to be a leader versus one who plays one on TV. And I think, up, up until 2020, we didn't necessarily know who those folks were in 2020 in a post 2020 world kind of has been the deciding factor of who really, and you can hear it in someone's voice, right? There's an embodiment that happens where when someone speaks, I don't know what it is. What, what would you say are the word? How would you describe how you suss that out? There, there's something palpable. Yeah. I think it really is just frequency, you know, and whether or not people are conscious of that they're picking up on somebody's vibration, you can tell when it's embodied, you know, it's sort of like when there's somebody on social media and you're like, they seem great. I don't know why I just don't vibe with them. And a lot of times that's because there's something within your field that can pick up their, (laughs) (laughs) to be honest, you know? And so you might, your head is like, they seem great. They have good information or whatever it is. I don't know why I'm just not really drawn to them. And maybe it's just a non-resonance thing, but sometimes that is because there's something within you that knows this is not authentic. Like there's something weird going on, you know? And I think it really just comes down to, uh, are you, it's alignment, right? Am I speaking in the energy of truth, which is I've lived this, I know this is actual experience, or am I making stuff up to sound like I know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? And I just think it's it's an energy thing. And if, if you're listening and you're somebody who knows how to like identify truth for yourself, then you pick up on that around mm-hmm. other people. We've got a lot of things to elevate right now. We've got wealth consciousness to elevate. We've got, of course, just generalized fear. We've got trauma, we've got grief, compound grief, we've got existential angst, we've got, you know, how do I parent during this time? How do I lead my teams in my corporate world? Like, there's so much opportunity to speak into that. And the people that are really going to just stay in their lane, and um, also just sharpen their saw, right? Like, I'm always learning. I know you are as well. I invested myself really heavily. And um, I I don't know about you, but I can tell this might sound, well, I don't know how this is going to sound, but I think it's kind of funny. I'm guessing you're the same way, Christina, maybe the rest of you listening, you know what I'm talking about, where I can tell right away how much money someone makes just based on how they show up with me. Someone can tell me that they're a seven-figure earner and I'm like, no, your boundaries are are not, uh, they're very leaky. There's no way 
with boundaries like this and how much you're trying to enmesh with me right now and how much you're trying to be codependent with me. There's no way you made seven figures with this. It's not to knock them. It's just to say that, or someone's ability to be succinct. I know whether someone's crossed the six figure threshold based on how, how able they are to be succinct in their thoughts and how focused they are. There's just certain, I, I don't even know if I have the right words for it, but uh, do, you, do you get that as well? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I think even, especially being on the side of coaching people in business, you, I'm sure you've had this where the person who's making six figures at versus seven, just the level of interaction is different. Like how often am I actually, you know, reaching out to you? It's like, not that, not super often because I'm running my uh-huh. business. Right. Uh, and whenever there's somebody who, you know, if it's like six, like low six figures, they're interacting with me a lot more. And I'm like, what if you took all this time and you're working on your business, you know, so is the boundary thing. I think it's the level of interaction, uh, anywhere where there's kind of codependent energy for sure. And just, can you lead a conversation? And I'm sure you feel this in interviewing for me, my favorite interviews are where it feels like there's back and forth because that person is also in their leadership energy versus there have been interviews I've done, you know, over what, 500 guests on my, on my other show. And there are certain interviews where that person is more in follower energy and I'm driving the whole ship and it's just not as, not as fun. So I think you can tell when that person knows how to lead lead the conversation, even if they're being interviewed. So those are some things mm-hmm. I think about. Yeah. I love that you said that because I think we, um, and, and I certainly did this. I remember my first year of speaking, I was so nervous. I would, you know, I'm a shy person. I know that probably is hard to believe. And of course I'm not shy now, but inherently at a very young age, I was shy and, uh, and I'm introverted. So uh, here I was booking all these speaking gigs with, and every night I had, I'm talking rooms fall, like hundreds of people at times all booked through these venues I was speaking at, not knowing a single friendly face in the room and speaking about stuff. Of course, I knew at least because I knew at least to stay in my lane. And I often talked about fun things that I like to talk about that, of course, were valuable to people. But I'd be drinking like a whole bottle of rescue remedy. And I felt I didn't feel inauthentic, but I did feel like I had to kind of act a little bit like I had to pretend like I was more confident than I was. Of course, over time, it only takes a few of those kind of talks before you really start to, uh, and, and interestingly, the less confident I was, the more hecklers I would attract. When I was 100% confident leading a space, like people just don't, there, there's just no, no room to even do that, right? But uh, I think, and I think there's a difference between thought leadership and leadership, right? So all of us can, can really sort of, have something that we're passionate about that we want to speak about, but does our leadership energy, our day-to-day ways that we lead ourselves, let alone our communities match our thought leadership. And I think that's what podcasting can give people as well is that, that growth edge of, you know, okay, great. You've got some really cool things to say. And are you leading yourself in a way that makes it easy for people to step into your space? So when the two go hand in hand, it's, it's impossible to not attract a ton of clients and opportunities and so on when those two things come together. 100%. And I I love that distinction of thought leader versus leader. And I always think it goes back to a lot of the pitches. I'm like, same thing again and again, but who's the person that can bring this thing we're all talking about and actually push the edge, actually expand it out into something I haven't thought about Mm -hmm. before. 
you know, so that, that is, I think what I know I look for and somebody on my show, what we've looked for in the podcast connector in terms of helping people nail down, like, what is that little edge that you have that we should really highlight that makes you super pitchable, <laughs> right? People really want to have you on that show. And I would think about that for anybody listening, like just being honest, honestly, like, am I saying the same stuff as everybody else? Or am I adding to the conversation? Cause it goes back to like, are we actually adding value? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the difference there. I mean, I know we have so much we could dive into <laughs> in leadership and business, but we're, we're about time. And I'm just really excited for this next phase of the podcast connector. Uh, and for you to really, you know, like take it and run and, and see it continue ex- to expand and grow. And uh, I mean, I'll still be connected to it and <laughs> sending everybody your, your way. So I'm just really excited to, to see this next phase. Um, and is there anything else that you want to add to anybody listening, any entrepreneurs who are curious about moving more, uh, into podcasting, like any last comment around, like if somebody is on the edge of like, is this ne- best next move for me in terms of getting on shows? What would you say to that entrepreneur? as I shared before, my filter, it doesn't mean it's everyone's filter, but uh, I grew an eight-figure company because I did this. So I would say this is a good tip, <laughs> which is there we go. if you're not going to spend go. 500 bucks dollars to do it, you shouldn't be doing it yourself, regardless of what it is. Uh, yeah. The second thing is that it, it's really about speed, right? Money loves speed. And so if it's your goal to, I just know for me, when I stay in my zone of genius and I delegate all the stuff that even though I can do, and I may even be good at it. Like I can scrub a toilet, but it doesn't stop me from having someone come and clean my house every week because I don't have to do it, even though I can do it. And then, um, with respect to, to business in general, this doesn't matter. It's Facebook ads. It's anything, right? Like you can either spend time building whatever you want to build, or you can spend money. Sometimes you spend both, but you have to spend something in order to get an outcome. So if your time is valuable to you, you're probably going to delegate it. And, and if you're, if you'd rather spend your time doing things, then, you know, we'll create something over time to teach you how to pitch yourself. It's just a matter of what, what feels good for you. Yep. Are you ready? Are you ready for speed? Are you ready Mm -hmm. for expansion? Yeah. (laughs) So, so many good things. Well, uh, Everybody listening, if you want to connect further with the Podcast Connector, of course, you can go to thepodcastconnector.com. That's where you can see all of the offerings, uh, as well as on Instagram at the Podcast Connector. And then to connect further with Jennifer, her website is souljourneys.ca for her primary business. Uh, and is there anywhere specific that that uh, you'd also like to offer for people? Well, before listening? we do that, let's give three cheers for you and the whole team that got the podcaster <laughs> podcast connector to this phase, right? Because you didn't plan on running it either. And uh, I know people are like, I loved being a customer um, or client. I don't know what terms. I don't even know why I'm saying customer. I never say that. But anyways, (laughs) we'll go with it. Uh, Like I genuinely felt cared for. It was very easy for me to, because you know, I blurted out. I'm like, I'll buy it off you. I didn't didn't plan on saying that. That voice that popped out of my mouth, I was like, oh, I guess we're going in a different direction now. But um, you, you know, you, uh, well, you were actually my, my PR company that I use for like major media. She said, Oh, um, 
did you buy this company off of Christina Rice? And I said, yeah. And she said, she keeps coming into my awareness. I haven't even listened to her podcast, but she keeps popping up. She's created so much and all these amazing things. That she, and if I was going to, this is totally unsolicited, right? She didn't even know what I was talking about yet. She goes, if I was going to hire a podcast booking company, it would definitely be Christina's company because she's created such an amazing oh. podcast and, you know, all these other things. So That's thought, so sweet. Okay. Anyways, I'm not really, my thoughts are not really formed around this. I feel like this is a telepathic thing I'm transmitting at this point yeah but um I I'm so grateful for what you created and I'm so excited to see uh how we can support people and um our goal is to be number one podcast company really leaders and helping them go and make uh, an even bigger difference through podcasting for their message and touch more lives and stuff. So that's always going to be, you know, the undercurrent of, of what we're doing. So, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, people can, can be in touch with me. I uh, have the, the way I built my primary company was creating the number one Akashic record training school in the world. And so we uh, we've trained thousands and thousands of people and certified tons of people and teachers and stuff. So that's my, my baby. And then of course, from there, birthed business coaching and money coaching so that's where I spend a lot of my time now is offering programs and masterminds and stuff to help people with that so people can um, can go to souljourneys.ca that's my my legacy based company and um, check out what we've got going on there Thanks again for tuning in to another episode. Don't forget, if you want to get booked on amazing podcasts, or if you're a podcast host and you want to get connected with some incredible guests, head over to thepodcastconnector.com to learn more about our service. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It truly means the world to us. And extra points if you take a screenshot and tag us on social media so that we can see that you're listening. Thanks again for tuning in. Have an amazing rest of your day and we will chat with you again next episode.